0: Aloha kako everyone and welcome to the Sisters in Crisis podcast. I'm your host, Verna Mokolehua, and today I would like to give you a little insight as to why I have decided to launch this podcast. Throughout my life, I've always felt empathetic towards hurting people and often reached out in offering support, knowing how it felt to be in pain. And the pain I'm talking about is emotional pain mostly from being in a dysfunctional or toxic relationship. I would often make time to listen to people and walk with them through their journey, and if at all possible, to kind of help redirect them into something a little healthier or something that might make them feel better about themselves. And while I truly care about others and I have a great family and I go to church, I could never, for the life of me, figure out why I couldn't do the same for myself. Well, it wasn't until this past year that everything came crashing down, but also everything came crashing through, and all the drama throughout my life was brought to my full attention. So my true reason for doing this podcast is to simply help and support people recovering from life's adversities. I've, I'm a local girl, born and raised here on Oahu. I've been a Christian now for about 20 years. I'm a mom of three and a grandma. I was raised in your typical local home in Hawaii. My dad is Hawaiian Chinese, Haole, And My mom is full Japanese from the Big Island. I have two brothers, one older and one younger. And while I love them both so, so much and dearly today, Growing up in the Asian culture, I did not like them at all. And it's not just them. And why do I feel this way? Because the boys in the family, in the Asian culture are just looked to as the favorites. Now, why am I telling you my nationalities and my background? Well, it's because I feel that is what might tie us together and what you may be able to relate to in my story and my topic of my very first podcast. Just the fact of being local and raised with family all around, growing up here on the islands, you know, my dad's side, very aloha, take care of each other, very Hawaiian style, always pa'ina at grandma's house every weekend. While I watched my family love on each other as well as in conflict, you know, the Hawaiians, sometimes they argue and they hash it out. But tomorrow, my grandma going to make everybody pono And it's all going to be okay and forgiven. And we will see each other next week. Now, my mom's side of the family, the Asian side, they had a different kind of dynamic. Now, although they really love and care for each other, the Asians, it's like, Ho, oh, if you are the girl and you screw up, then they get some mean grudges against you. Now, I'm saying that not to be racist or judgmental. This is merely from my observation, my experience, and just from taking note into the other circles of Asians in my life. And with that being said, I know some of you know what I'm talking about. It's the kind where you make a mistake or if you correct someone who wronged you, it's like a lockdown, right? Like you cannot say anything, tell anyone or discuss this with your family because of the shame that you are going to put on them. Like if you get bad grades or you get shady friends or you get one boyfriend that you're not supposed to have or maybe you even get one girlfriend you're not supposed to have. I don't know. Or you get kids out of wedlock or you get divorced whatever the case is even if you're the one that got hurt or affected by something you have no voice or way of processing it because it's just shameful and it will forever go unspoken and just be swept under the rug they're going to remind you though just how dumb or stupid you are every single time but still you have no say because that's just the rules. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because the rules in this game is also the definition of a dysfunctional relationship. A dysfunctional relationship is any kind of unbalanced union and the respect between parties are not equal or mutual. There's usually one dominant and one passive person you know, possibly weaker than the other. And this is not always intentional. Sometimes the difference is in age, rank, or experience. And for example, some of these are, you know, your parent-child, boss-employee, coach or athlete, boyfriend-girlfriend, whatever the case may be, when you find yourself having to build a relationship with someone there's a high possibility that you will end up in a dysfunctional or toxic relationship. And the interesting thing is you're never going to realize it until it's too late. So look at my family. Normal, right? Balanced. You got love on one side and it's good. And then we got strict rules and discipline on the other. So that should create a person, a good person, who knows the difference between good and bad and right and wrong, right? No, what you got is messed up kids. So this is what is called a trauma bond. What is that? Well, a trauma bond is an attachment or bond that is created through repeated cycles of abusive traumatic, ho- traumatic childhood experiences with a caregiver. So this relationship pattern becomes internalized as a learned pattern of behavior attachment. So if you experience abuse from a caregiver who also loved you, then you learn to associate love with abuse. This becomes a norm on how you relate to others. So in your brain, you think that in order to receive love, you have to allow yourself to be abused, neglected or rejected. Now okay I know this might some sound dumb to some of you but others of you when you think about this you will have an epiphany as to why your life is the way it is and why you just keep ending up in the same kind of relationship time after time after time. Now when we think about the word abuse we normally would think that physical abuse, you know, broken bones, black and blue, bleeding, violence, that kind of stuff. But abuse comes in many forms and this particular kind of abuse is 100% emotional. Sometimes it's silent because you can't always hear it, instead you're going to feel it. And believe me, it'll affect you later in life physically because your emotional state and your hard-to-diagnose problems will just bypass you, your family members, and your health care providers. So let me give you an example. You're young, you're small child, possibly even a toddler, and you do something wrong that your parent or caregiver didn't like. So they yell at you and belittle you and they make you shame They humiliate you in front of other family members. So, but now you feel bad and you feel sad, but you still want them to love you. So in trying to protect the relationship with them, you are going to push your feelings down and your hurt down in order for you to get love from them. So it's like you're just going to sweep everything under the rug just to make things better just so you can have some kind of peace or calm within yourself but even after they've given you their crumbs of attention in your head you're still going to remember and you're still going to believe that you're bad you're you're naughty you're stupid whatever the name that they called you you will keep on repeating that in your mind and you will keep on trying to make it up to them somehow just so you can feel safe again this behavior and thinking is what will set you up for all of your future relationships so sometimes we cannot think why our parents or caregivers wouldn't love or protect us we cannot believe that our spouses or partners would treat us the way that they do We cannot believe that someone we work for would belittle us and toss us when we gave them our hard work and loyalty. Or the coach or instructor who was supposed to help build us up physically destroy us through verbally abusing or belittling us. Our family members or friends who are supposed to protect and watch over us take advantage of our vulnerability. So growing up and having learned this pattern, we don't always realize that not only will we attract this kind of relationship, but we will only accept this kind of relationship because anything better than this will feel awkward and wrong. But do not feel bad, people. This happens to any person, any gender, at any age, any status, and at any education level. We think in our heads, I would never, ever be in a relationship like that with somebody treating me like bleep. But the fact is, you've been doing it your whole life already. So what is an example or how does this happen to us as teenagers or adults? So it goes like this. Say you meet someone you wouldn't normally be attracted to. They're not really your type or I don't know, they're not the kind of person you was hoping for. But for some odd reason, you are super attracted to them. In fact, you think that they are over the top, everything you could have ever asked for. They're extremely charming. They are really into you. They want to know everything about you. They give you so much love and so much attention. And you think to yourself, how can this ever be wrong? Well, what their charm and interest in you seem to be is actually a test they are giving you on just how trusting just how vulnerable and just how weak you are this is called ignorance of abuse tactics so immediately you will go into what is called the love bombing stage they buy you gifts they pay attention to you they call you they text you They're willing to meet you any place, anywhere, and they just pour on the love and charm. And then this is when you're thinking to yourself, like, how can I even resist this? This is everything I've ever wanted. This is the best I've ever had, right? Okay, so next you will go through what we see as outbursts of frustration with you. They will make you feel like you did something bad or you did something wrong you screwed up the plan you didn't do this and you didn't do that and anything that they can blame you for they will and you didn't even do anything but try to help them this is called blame shifting and they blame you for everything even for their crappy deceitful and insensitive behavior Like, why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you call? Why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? And in this moment, this is where you, as the abused person, will go into what we call a survival mode. You will revert to burying your feelings of hurt or disappointment to take on their frustration, just like you did when you were a child. So you will do this because this is the only way you can get things to settle down and to be normal so that you can receive kind some kind of love and affirmation from them just like you did and just like how you felt in the love bombing phase you will want to feel you want to feel secure and loved and you just want peace to be amongst the two of you so you will transform yourself into whatever kind of person they want. You will make yourself to be submissive, supportive, helpful, and you will just put on the happy face and the act of not being affected by their crappy behavior. So eventually, this is what you, as a victim, will become addicted to. The harder you try to please them, the higher you become Now, the high I'm talking about is no different from being high on meth. You're always going to attempt to get that first initial high. So the next event to unravel within your body will be what is called a reward and consequence phase. So in the reward phase, like the love bombing phase, this is where your body produces the feel-good hormone called Dopamine. You feel good about yourself because they tell you how great and how beautiful you are, what a wonderful cook you are. They tell you how much they love you and how much they mean to you and possibly even buy you things that they never like buy you before, but they're willing to do now. And then there's also this euphoria that comes with this phase when you add sex into it. So this happens in an intimate relationship with a partner that you've chosen or possibly a sexually abusive relationship with someone who holds some kind of power or threat against you and again the high that you're going to go for is the first ultimate high in that love bombing stage so in contrast to this You now have the consequence mode where you are under stress when they go through the outburst of frustration with you and they start to blame you. This is also a time when in your gut you know they are lying to you. So now your body will produce a hormone called cortisol and this will put you into a fight or flight mode. This is where you're going to get angry, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get disappointed. Or you will even want to just run from this feeling of chaos and stress that they put upon you. And when this happens, this, this feeling of stress and hormone produced called cortisol, it diminishes your mind to even think straight. It lasts 72 hours to recover from. And this is a time where your body reacts possibly by feeling anxiety or depression or nausea rashes hives insomnia thoughts of suicide upset stomach any way that your body reacted as a child when you were under stress these emotions or feelings may resurface during this phase so if you have an issue that is hard for the doctors to diagnose cortisol just may be the underlying cause of it and it is simply because a flood of dopamine that feel-good hormone and then a flood of cortisol will set your body chemistry so off balance you will feel like you are living outside of your skin take note though this is also the time where your abuser is gonna watch your reactions so that he or she can label you as crazy So there's this constant tug of war in your heart between rewards and punishments. After hurting you or lying to you, your abuser is going to apologize and love bomb you on purpose just to confuse you. Remember though, you're already addicted to this because this is all you've ever known. This is your only survival instinct that you have. So you've probably learned this by the way your caregiver treated you. In your own experience, or by watching someone abuse someone else. So, when you marry someone who treats you this way, they will also use financial security or your children to threaten and to keep you in the relationship. So, as a victim, you will forgive them because they've made you think that you can't survive or you will be nothing without them or you will be nothing without your family. So in your mind, considering pros and cons, you're going to choose the unhealthier route because you already are brainwashed and you brainwashed yourself that you can handle this stress that it puts on you emotionally because you're used to it and you will sweep this stuff under the rug yet once again to pretend that you have the perfect marriage, perfect family for all the world to see. This is what a trauma bond is. This is two people stuck together by abuse. One will hold the other one captive, while the other one struggles with self-doubt, trust, and affection. This kind of abuse goes beyond your soul and manifests deep into your heart. It fogs your brain. It causes you to think that this bond is love. But it is not. It's manipulation. So if if you're going to remember one thing from this podcast, remember this one sentence. Apology without change behavior is still manipulation. So did you know that if you experience trauma, abuse, or neglect as a child, your brain stops from developing to its fullest potential? Your mind will only be able to process as much as it did when you experienced the abuse, neglect, or trauma. Your brain will shut down when it's in a panic and in a state of terror. And this behavior often leads us as teens or adults into criminality, drug and alcohol abuse, gambling, lust, and other addictive and compulsive behaviors. You don't know anything other than someone belittling or accusing you and questioning your abilities. So as adults, we must recognize and process this as our own responsibility and kuleana to change. We've allowed unfortunate circumstances to get the best of us, which is how we ended up here in the first place. This kind of union often happens between two dysfunctional people using opposite tactics sometimes on one another. So pay close attention to your upbringing and pay pay close attention to your partner's upbringing. Consider if you are emotionally scarred by your parents or caregivers and consider if your partner was. Just know though that there is hope once you make a promise to God and to yourself, you can recover from this and become a happy, confident, and thriving member of your family and your community. There is no way any person could judge you if they have not been in your shoes. Because honestly, you did not even know you were a victim since your childhood because of the way that your thinking was programmed into your brain before you could even articulate this. I've seen this in both men and women. I have experienced this personally in many forms and didn't even realize it until my last relationship. I am not at all placing blame on any person in this research. If you see yourself as the victim or the abuser in this, there's no judgment. We're all dysfunctional people. I am here though to encourage you that Jesus will never forsake you. And I'm here to motivate you to move in ways that you never thought possible for yourself. We were paralyzed by this trauma. I'm here to speak the truth into your life. The truth that I myself believe the lies of my caregivers, my teachers, my coaches, my exes. And God didn't create us to live a life under evil, He created us to live. Full and abundant lives. He has equipped all of us to be warriors. So take a moment now and look at yourself. Look in the mirror. Look at the potential in your strengths, not in your weaknesses. Paul wrote the greatest scriptures in the Bible while he was in prison. And it is time to make a stand for Jesus in your lives. To reclaim what the enemy stole from you. To see victory in the war ahead. To armor up and to put on your breastplate of righteousness. Because there is nobody else that is going to fight for you. You didn't fight with the power of Jesus back then. Maybe because you didn't know him. Maybe because you were too young. Or maybe you thought you just couldn't do it. But that was before when you were living in the world. This is now. Your time has come. The greatest things learned will be the things you learn while being in prison and isolated by yourself, just you and Jesus. It's easier to heal while you are separated from the sin that brought you to this place in the first place. So be accountable to yourself and be accountable and supportive of others who are tra- trying to heal as well. Because if you can't be a good person while being here, it's going to be a hella hard to be a good person in the world. So repeat to yourself, I'm going to see a victory. Amen? Yes, amen. So I am not at all accusing, pinpointing, or belittling anybody, whether you are the abuser or the victim. Like I said before, we're all dysfunctional people. And while primarily I created this podcast entitled Sisters in Crisis, because it is my passion to help other sisters recover from this kind of stuff. I know so many men who are victims of this themselves from their parents. So we are not judging. We are not putting down. We are believing, however, that each of us can heal and recover. But it's something that is within our own minds and bodies and our own relationship with Jesus that we're going to have to commit to. So for those of you ladies who are listening to this, if you feel you can relate to this, you can contact me. And if you have any men in your lives that you are dealing with, you are more than willing and, and you're more than willing to share this podcast with them. Please feel free and go right ahead. Because like I said, I know both men and women suffering from this. So ladies... I just want to encourage you to be the queens to fix each other's crowns don't be the witches that put each other down Uh, we are here to support one another i hope this podcast has helped you i am i am looking to go into other areas that these trauma bonds affect us in so many other ways and eating disorders and the way we raise our kids and generational curses. I'm looking forward into sharing a lot of things that I learned throughout this process. So, in the meantime, malama pono, take care of each other and until we meet until we meet again. Ohuio. Mahalo.